All right. Well, here goes nothing. Welcome, <laughs> welcome in, Pod Squad. We are bringing you back officially the first in-season episode of season six of the Victorious POD podcast. I am your, I guess, promoted now official host host, Jack Mihoff Vickers. Um, first off, just wanted to say thank you to the fans that are coming back. I'm not sure why you have stuck around thus far, but we appreciate you. Anybody who's listening on all of our different platforms, we will get into in a little bit. Anybody who has supported the show with no- numerous questions, um, Walters, Audio Al, Gar, tons of other people to list. But I'm going to get to the first curveball of the night and bring you my co-host, which is not Walters. Co-host, if you want to introduce yourself, who are you? What up, what up, Pod Squad? I've always wanted to say that. I hear it every single week that I listen, <laughs> and uh, now I get a chance to say it. The new co-host, the commissioner, has decided to get off the sidelines and actually be involved in this league. So we'll see how it goes. So I'm Tyler, the commissioner of this victorious POD, the Victorious Secret League. Now, some people might say that being the commissioner of such a prestigious league and co-hosting would be too much of a job. Are you concerned at all that this is going to affect your commissioner duties or what what can we expect from this season? Oh, 100%. It's, uh, it will Good. affect me adversely, and if I lose, this podcast is the reason. That's what I always say, because I have a habit of losing in this league. So it's great. I just get to blame it on the show. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I like it. <laughs> for those of you that are wondering, um, we won't get into a ton of it. Walters is taking a little bit of a break for now. He's got uh, lots of crazy schedulingness going on. He is likely going to still be involved with the show in some ways, but we are taking a break, um, and Tyler is stepping in. He's going to be our co-host going forward and Walters is I'm sure going to answer a million of my tech questions because surprising shocker alert I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to any of this hence why we're on audio so for those of you that are listening whenever this podcast episode comes out we are going to be doing a little bit more of an audio focus this year I know previous years we've been on YouTube we went live Um, that was some great interactions but we are switching to audio we're going to be primarily on anchor and I will upload all of our episodes to Spotify. Um, We'll try to get everywhere else that people like to listen, but I just am not capable of doing a lot of the extra technical soundboard um, apps and things and stuff that we need to use. So we're keeping it simple. We're keeping it easy. We're going to try to record on Tuesday nights. It may come out Tuesday night. It may come out Wednesday morning. Who knows? But uh, that's the plan for going forward. If you haven't checked it out yet, we still are going to be keeping our Twitter active, our Discord active, and our YouTube channel active. Um, we do have 94 subscribers on YouTube, so if we can get a few more people subscribed, yes. we apparently get to be official at 100. So tell your friends. Um, if anybody saw it, I did upload a video this past weekend kind of as a reaction from Thursday night's football game. We're going to try to do some more individual short videos, little kind of short things, kind of a la Matthew Berry with quick reactions rather than a full hour of just having to stare at our faces so that's kind of the updates and what's going on here um, as far as social medias and stuff we do have instagram it's at the victorious pod twitter is at victorious pod all one word send us a message on either of those i try to tweet stuff out fairly regularly and uh would love to hear feedback thoughts insights stuff like that you can also leave us a voicemail on anchor it's www.anchor.fm slash the victorious pod which don't worry i'll put it in the description if you want to weigh in one way or the other enough of the technology stuff because that bores me we're just going to jump right into <laughs> some uh, nfl news uh I so this it. show 
obviously is kind of offspring of our home league, which has gone on for Tyler, you'd know better. Eleven? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Years? Eleven years, twelve years now. Oof. That's I've that's been a the commission since the beginning. We we started it um with like eight of us pretty much when we were in high school. I couldn't even tell you a lot of the original <laughs> members, but slowly grew it and actually gained real friends instead of just the people we beat up on in the beginning. And uh <laughs> and so now we're up to twelve people in the league. So and it's been going, yeah, over over a decade. And that now we crazy. and most of the same members for probably at least the last five or six years now have, have been consistent. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. A lot of people on the wait list to get in. Believe me, I, it's a Ooh, long are list for, Oh yeah. I, there's, there's at least four I can think of off the top of my head that want in if anybody ever throws in the towel. Do you expect any, any league members? To, um, are we doing like a waiver situation? Do we put them out and do we put a claim I in for somebody don't, else? I don't. I've thought about, throwing it out there at some point to make it kind of a relegation league. Like whoever takes last, that's your punishment. Ooh. You actually just get kicked out. Just kind of all out soccer. It's about the only positive thing I can say about soccer is I love <laughs> the relegation aspect. Like if you lose and you take last, you don't get to play in the league next year. You got to work your way back in. Um, so totally completely hearsay, but it can be hearsay a la because I'm the commissioner. Um, <laughs> so it would be fun, but there's certainly people that want to get in if anybody does back out. So uh, we've talked about it even like, because uh, my wife Katie is in the league as well. She's talked about, am I really like that involved? I play, I draft, and it's fun. But do I play enough and be involved enough? Do I want to give up my spot? So she's she's playing this year, but with now we have two kids. So it makes it even harder to just pay attention and be involved. So this was another reason I wanted to kind of do this co-host is just being more involved myself. Because I know as a commissioner, a lot of kind of the side stuff, but being more involved in kind of the weekly stuff I think would be fun too. Yeah. And that's, that's the hope. I mean, that's why, I mean, I didn't start out in this podcast, but I was invited to go on after Alan Walter started it. And that was the, the whole goal. I mean, as much as I love to just hear myself talk and be wrong about football <laughs> stuff, it's more just to like keep our league involved. If people outside right. of the league jump in great, like it's fun to interact. And I have friends and stuff in other leagues that'll weigh in and be like, Oh, I heard this take blah, blah. I'd rather go with this guy, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just like, what can we do to keep, our league active, keep everybody, you know, people are all spread out now. We have people across the country and we have people wrapping it up. Long story short, we essentially just wanted to have this podcast going so that more people in the league could be involved and interactive with, with each other as we move farther away. So that's kind of the goal. And that's you know what we're hoping. Hopefully it brings the commissioner's wife back into the fold as well <laughs> as many other people. Um, starting out, we're going to just jump right into the news and hope that, uh, our audio holds on and bears with us here. Um, so as I was mentioning before, obviously this podcast came out of us having a home league with a lot of dedicated and interactive people. That being said, if you're not in the same league, you're probably not going to want to hear us just talk about our own teams and how great they are and what happened in this league that doesn't pertain to you. So for those of you that have not listened previously or are coming back after a little bit of an absence, this show is primarily NFL and overall fantasy analysis. We do get into a little bit of our home league towards the very, very end, but we will try to make this as broad as possible. Um, so we're going to start out a little bit with just overall NFL news, and then we're going to get into some more fantasy stuff from there. First off, uh, football is back. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. Tyler, did you do anything fun or special watching the first week of football or? Um, we, we didn't, thankfully we were uh, supposed to have a, uh, a scheduled like play date for Easton and one of his 
friends um, on Sunday. And I was like, how about we do this thing where we do it on Saturday instead so I can watch football? <laughs> and uh, thankfully, I got my way. So, uh, so we actually didn't have anything going on Sunday. So I got to watch football pretty much all day. And uh, I, out here, so I live out here in South Carolina. So unfortunately, I don't get the Vikings game. So I had to rely on Mr. Scott Hansen and Red Zone. So I didn't get to see it in full. But uh, I got to see a lot of the, the big highlights. So the intricate play-by-play, I didn't get to see as often. But, and, but I saw the big plays and whatnot as well. So that, that was good enough for me. There were a lot of big plays. So that was, that was fun to watch. There were. There were. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I, um, I, unfortunately, live in Wisconsin. But I'm in the eastern part of oh. Wisconsin where, where even if the Vikings and Packers are playing separate games – the Vikings are the primary one that gets aired and the Packers don't get shown in Wisconsin. So I find that funny. Fantastic. My wife and everybody else in her family do not. It is not a fun time <laughs> trying to find where the Packers are streaming. Um, but this weekend I got to watch Thursday night at home and then the early Sunday games at home. But I was working at our local bar um, during oh. the Vikings and Packers game wearing oh, a Kirk Cousins jersey. And let me tell you, it was it was hostile environment. I was fearing for my life. I did survive. I was, I think, the only Vikings fan there. But uh, thank God they won because that would have been a long shift. So, yeah, that it was, was it's it pretty ugly beginning to end. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it's like I, 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 I got to watch some of the early ones, and obviously they showed the big play where the first play for the Packers, the deep ball down the down the right side to Watson, <laughs> just dropped it, and it was funny to watch Rogers's reaction because it wasn't like mad or upset he yeah. literally just like smirked and shrugged like this is my f- these are my rookies yep. like this is this what, is what I, I was expecting with. and he right. just looked immediately checked out I thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. like I'm not mad I'm just disappointed yeah he didn't even care like he it, it seemed like he didn't care the whole game which I just thought was mm-hmm. funny and I was never worried about them coming back because I just felt he wasn't into it yeah you, you kind of just keep waiting and assuming because he's done it for so long but this just did not feel like the same like especially with them like missing Lazard not that he's any big threat but at least him and Rogers have some familiarity and like right who else is really gonna beat him especially when we got up early I'm like you don't have to worry about the run game quite as much like I know Rogers is Rogers but like what are you what are you gonna do our defense isn't that bad so yeah it was it it definitely felt like a different vibe I'm not used to no question Yeah, no question. Um, I'll, I'll take it. It's the correct vibe. It's, it's going our right. way, so I'll take it. it. Finally, after, yeah, I, I enjoyed, we'll just kind of get into a little bit more of the Viking stuff here. I enjoyed not doing the whole run, run, pass on third yes. and long. Like, I think our first drive was literally, we did like a play action pass. And I'm like, oh my God, this is already yeah, like, what is I've happening? seen for years. So, turns out being not predictable and leaning into your strong passing offense is a good thing. So, <laughs> right, um right. Obviously, everything looked great, but overall vibes on the KOC era feeling good. Do you think this will continue? Do you think it was just like the team was up for a first game? Or no, I do think it'll continue. I think it's. Uh, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Just seeing how we went through, I think we are certainly going to be more pass heavy. And I think, I mean, Dalvin's an underrated pass catcher, and obviously, Mattinson can do his damage as well but I just I just feel like we're going to be more creative exactly to your point on offense than we have before when a lot more pick plays just conceptually and watching even just some like NFL live breakdown and things like that they're like they were just so much more tactical 
I think mm-hmm. is the best word for it that I've yeah. seen in the past from play calling, trying to run pick plays and trying to run into uh, into open areas and, and sit better in the zone areas that they saw. So I just think we're going to be much more creative. And I mean, JJ, like you said, he's like, I'm going to show everybody why at the end of the year, I'm the best receiver in the NFL. And I'm, I don't doubt him after seeing game mm-hmm. one, <laughs> especially after how cups started, it was like, Oh, this is going to be tough to beat. But then Jefferson was like, that's nice. Insane. Um, my favorite quote coming out of training camp was they they were talking about like how the new offense was feeling and even Thielen said that he loved it and stuff too but Jefferson was like right off the bat I see why Cup was so open every play last year like it's <laughs> yeah. that's really cool to hear like all of the players so far have felt like they're buying into the offense like Cousins is excited Cook was like I love not having to run the ball as much like I'd rather get catches out in space and like so good. good like the players like what they're seeing so far so it seems like I know there was like a post game um little clip inside the locker room too and he just like O'Connell just seems more like I mean you're gonna be happy after a win obviously like there's gonna be bumps right. down the road but like he seems like a player's coach he seems like somebody who's like in the modern NFL offense rather than the we're gonna control the time of the clock and ground right. and pound and defense like our defense isn't bad but when we're playing from behind every game that's not good we have good pass rushers who like if we're ahead and they have to throw we can get after them like 100%. we saw sacking Rodgers and stuff like that so I'm excited. I think it was time for a change regardless of, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, Vikings are the new Super Bowl favorites or anything, but like, <laughs> it's nice to see us using our, our strong points and, you know, leaning into that. So, yeah. Everybody have... seemed to be utilized more correctly than they have in the past. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, beyond the Vikings, I, we, we could have talked about this prior to week one, because I'm sure some power rankings changed a bit, but do you have any early Super Bowl picks, you know, coming out of both um, sides or... I mean, just, I mean, even before week one, obviously the, the known favorites were the Bills and they did nothing to <laughs> sell themselves short of that watching the Rams game. Um, I mean, they, they have to be the favorite out of the AFC. There's, there's absolutely no way. They were just, they looked so much faster than everybody else on the field. They were so creative. Josh Allen is obviously a monster in every way, shape, and form. And to make the Rams look like they did, <laughs> the defending Super Bowl champions, when mm-hmm. they really didn't have that much changeover on defense or as a team, period. Obviously, beyond losing Vaughn and not, um, which don't get me wrong, that's a huge piece. Um, but it was just insane to see how much better they looked than the Rams. So they have to be the f- favorite from the AFC. 100% my pick coming out of there. Um, I mean, I still would probably lean Bucks in the NFC if I want to be totally contrarian. I mean, I thought the Eagles looked really good too. I mean, Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. is a monster. The addition of AJ Brown. He's he's one, not that it's hard to beat the drum for him, but he's my boo. There's some people who were just like, hey, in Tennessee, you couldn't get it done. I'm like, he has a run-heavy offense. Not that the Eagles are like super-duper pass-heavy, but I just feel like him and Jalen Hurts are going to be best buds, and mm-hmm. I I would not be surprised to see him put up another 150-yard game. Yeah. Well, at this point, it looks like their division might be pretty easy for the taking with the Cowboys <laughs> True. not being yeah. a threat. So that could be yeah, a thing. Yeah, I I feel I struggled, I think, picking – I mean, the Bills were an easy AFC for me, but I feel like yeah. if you would have said pick five teams that have a good chance to be in the Super Bowl, just off the top of my head without looking at numbers, I feel like mm-hmm. most of those would have come from the AFC because I looked at every Agreed. division in the NFC trying to pick, and I was just like, I mean, I don't want to be a homer and say the Vikings. I don't feel like the Packers yeah. got better. I don't love that anybody in the NFC – I mean, or in the NFC East, um, NFC – south it was like the bucks and then that's the it bucks, and yeah. then the nfc west is you know they're all i don't feel like the rams 
are a better team than they were before, and they've got some concerns. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're always a threat with McVay. The Cardinals never sure. seem to put it together. They're like the Packers, where they have a good team and then they can't figure anything out. And then the 49ers have a essentially rookie QB. So it's like I, yeah. I don't feel like there's a lot of heavy hitters. So yeah, it's just kind of process of, of elimination in the NFC. You're like, who can yeah, who can really get there? And I landed on the Rams and the Bucks. Yay, super original, right. Tyler. Good job. <laughs> but it's true. It's you know, it's right. hard to bet against proven veteran quarterbacks, and they both got a lot of star power on them so that being said it's a good year i feel like where even if the vikings don't win the division which i expected them to win it even before week one but even if they don't i feel like making it in as like a wild card you're not really in as big of a disadvantage as say the afc is so yeah i feel like it's a good year where like any kind of dark horse could come out of it but yeah we'll see we'll see how far off we are when both of those teams are underperforming later Mm -hmm. um continuing on with like the nfl news side i guess we're going to kind of announce like the unofficial week one mainly because i want to give listeners and other people um in and out of our league a chance to join in on this but the nfl pick them which we did last year um essentially those of you that aren't familiar with it you pick one matchup each week you pick a team to win over another team that they're playing and then you know win or loss whatever you get a point if you're correct from that point on you don't get to use that team again so you're going 17 18 weeks and trying to depending on the format, either go as far as you can until you're wrong, or we just like to do it where we see how many people can get right. So Tyler and I did it kind of off screen. Um, it, it did not go swimmingly for our test run. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm doing just fine. <laughs> well, I guess you're winning. Yeah, that's right. I had the Titans over the Giants um, and the Giants upset them on a two point conversion. I figured the Titans weren't a huge threat, but they were a number one seed last year and they, they still mm-hmm. didn't figure it out. Um, while Tyler had the Colts over the Texans and they tied. So I, I guess you get half a point. I mean, or you would, I should say. Um, yeah, so yeah, which, we, we aren't, which is funny. Yeah. I mean, cause if I was in an eliminator, technically, if you tie, you lose. Right. Um, if you're, if you're in an eliminator. So I I'm in one eliminator. Thankfully I didn't take my own pick. I just <laughs> took the safe pick and went with the Ravens. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was thought. ugly. It was ugly. I would have thought picking against the Texans was a safe pick too, but here we are. So for, I know. And, the, yeah. yeah I, and kind of looking at that, I actually didn't for that reason. There were so many road favorites and, and what yeah. I saw. And like, I was like, Davis Mills is not a horrendous quarterback. And so I just, mm-hmm. I, I ultimately went a different way, thankfully. Yeah. That was a good call. Luckily. So in our league, we'll just say it now, hopefully, I pray to God there's not more ties for people picking this. But we will <laughs> say if you pick a tie, we will give you a half a point. That can be the tiebreaker. But um, going forward, anybody who listens to this, as long as you get your pick in to either myself or Tyler before your game. So if you really want to pick that Thursday night game, you got to send it in early. But as long as you get it before kickoff, I don't care. We will lock it in. Uh, last year, I think we had eight or nine different people playing. So I'll toss it out to the other co-hosts. I'll toss it out to the league and we'll – we'll see kind of how people do throughout the year. It gets interesting towards the end of the season. Once, you know, you don't have as many obvious locked and loaded people to pick, but um, starting out for week two, do you have a pick? Do you want to uh, I was, talk I was about yours a little bit? Uh, yeah, I was looking, I was looking at him a little bit earlier today. Um, truly. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm probably just going to stay safe early here in the season. I'm going to take the Rams over the Falcons. Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, great. As good as the Falcons played the saints in week one, the Rams are going to be full of piss and vinegar. And yes, as a Falcons fan, I can 100% tell you that the Falcons are not the Bills defense. 
I will I will not be surprised if the Rams win this game by twenty one plus. Yeah, I like it. This could be a a solid bounce back for Cam Akers or a Daryl Henderson game where they're just up by yeah. fifteen at half and they're just like we're just going to run forever. So a hundred percent. I don't hate that. Um, I, I, I don't, I feel gun shy now because I thought the Titans and Giants was safe. Like I said, but I am going kind of for the same reason as you, where I am picking the Bengals this week. And I think they're just going to be pissed off after basically giving away a game and, uh, with versus Pittsburgh that they should have won and kind of embarrassing themselves starting off zero one after losing the Super Bowl. So I am picking them against Dallas, which I thought would have been a good game, but now <laughs> with Dak being out, I know Cooper rush lit up the Vikings last year. I don't expect him to do it again. I think they're going to capitalize on Zeke for the most part. And I don't think the Dallas mm-hmm. defense will really be able to, I think there's too many playmakers on the Bengals side. They, they did hold the Patriots here and there, but I think the Patriots had some injuries flare up with Godwin and uh, Julio played, but was <laughs> looking a little mm-hmm. sore. So I am going to go with the <laughs> Bengals and we are going to officially start this now. So we're giving everybody a chance. We don't get an extra week of picking, even though it wouldn't have helped us anyway. Um, but yes, <laughs> let us know, shoot a text, put it in the discord tweet at us, whatever you want to do. And we will start the NFL pick them for next week and keep people updated. Speaking of the NFL pick them, um, I'm quick shout out to some friends of the show who joined us for an off season kind of post rookie draft um, segment. You can check that out on our YouTube. I believe it was episode two of season six officially, uh, but the Minnesota, Minnesota sports is a couple of friends of ours that have their own podcast going. They are not fantasy related whatsoever. They are strictly just, minnesota sports and that's it so they cover all all sports not just vikings um but they do stream on facebook live on wednesdays every week regular season off seasons whatever's going on so long story short they have a season-long pick'em challenge going on 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 a cbs sports app which is free to join Um, i can put out the link in the show once we get this posted and everything too but uh you would be one week behind but you can hop in there there's no catch or anything like that they just do it for all their listeners and for fun they uh give out swag stuff to whoever pulls it off at the end of the year and this is picking the winners of every single game every week so you're picking up to 16 different games and doing the tally running tally for 18 weeks of the season um pretty quick takes about 20 seconds to run through them all and it gives you the lines of the games and everything but i can confirm because out of i think 40 or so of us that were in it last year, mostly strangers. I didn't know. I took home the crown by one whole win in their thing last year, and they sent a great swag package. I've got a sweatshirt from them. I've got a, a workout T-shirt, a couple of laptop stickers, some some good stuff, uh, baseball cap. So they uh, they they got some some prizes worth winning. So check that out if you want to play along. I think it's something fun and just easy to do. But I'm a football addict, so that's that's my life now. Love it. Um, Last part of the NFL side of the news, I'm going to kind of workshop this name, but we're, uh, we're going with a that's debatable segment, which is just basically going to be this each week. We're going to have one of us can toss out a, a terrible call of the week, whether that's um, a coaching decision, a uh, quarterback, you know, making a terrible read that costs them the game, something just that makes you stand, stands out and makes you go, Oh my God, what were they thinking? So uh, for me, Tyler, I'm kind of springing this on you last second, but for no, me, I am talking I'm about, good. Perfect. I'm, I'm tossing out the, the Texans game against the Colts, which the tie that we were talking about before uh, I was watching this game and I could not figure out the Texans were at, at fourth and one or fourth and short. And it was at about midfield. It was pretty much going to be their last possession in overtime and love you Smith and them choose to punt the ball to the Colts, basically guaranteeing that they're going to tie the game, which like 
I guess right. if you go for it and don't get it, the Colts are, have a chance to win. Yeah, you're, but like you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win the game, and you got a chance to steal it against the Colts when your team has been bad forever. Like, yeah, what's the benefit of punting at that point? So that just drove me crazy. But that yeah, was mine. It was no, no, that was absolutely horrible. And I, I do remember seeing that as well. And I was thinking, I'm like, exactly that. I'm like, you got a minute and forty seconds left, and you're you're punting, and like exactly like you said, you're like, either we lose this because they go down and kick a field goal, or we tie this because they run down the clock and get down to the end <laughs> and then miss the field goal. Like, dude, I was so proud of the Giants for going for two. I said it. Yes. we're watching the game i said as soon as they scored i said there's no reason they shouldn't go for two here like you are projected to be like a four win team don't try to get this game to overtime and potentially lose the coin toss and just lose the game because your defense couldn't stop them win the game now or lose the game now you're already expected to lose it why not go for the glory and hey it worked out and again i don't think anybody blamed them even if they would have not gotten the two-point conversion this being the giants uh Nobody would have blamed them. They would have said, yeah, I think that's the right call. It was the gutsy move. I love it. Yep, 100%. Um, yeah, for mine, I, so, so my wife's a Broncos fan. Uh, she was born in Denver. <laughs> so there is no way on the planet that we weren't just screaming and yelling at our TV <laughs> last night. It was the worst clock management I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, did you see the the Manning cast? Not to cut you off, but did you see that's what I was Peyton watching. Eli? That's what we were oh, watching. Okay, perfect. Oh, watching God, him, watching Peyton try to call a timeout for them. Was some <laughs> of the funniest TV I've ever seen. And uh, for those that didn't watch it, Shannon Sharp was one of the uh, one of the one of the guests on there, and obviously spent a lot of his time in Denver. Uh, he was very matter of fact, and I now officially love Shannon Sharp. Like obviously, I loved him before being a Bronco being a Broncos fan myself a a little bit comparatively Um, but he was just so much so I'm like these guys suck and they're doing this and he was just oh I love it anyway but horrible horrible clock management any five-year-old football coach would have called the time out there and conserved that clock and just the ultimate decision of trying to kick a 64-yard field goal when you went and paid Russ 250 million dollars or whatever the heck they paid Mm -hmm. them just makes absolutely no sense. All that says is, hey, we just paid this guy a lot of money and I have no confidence in him to get five yards. It was absolutely abysmal. And I saw it today, he came out and was like, and at least took it on the chin and ate it and said, hey, that was, that was the wrong call by me, which is great because if he would have done it any other way, he would have already lost Russ for the entire season. Like yeah. Russ backed him after he was like, hey, yeah, I, th- I think it was the right call but there's no way Russ could have said anything else. Like he had right. to say that because you otherwise you're going against your head coach. And now there's all of a sudden mutiny in the locker room. Um, <laughs> Week one. So yeah. The only, the only thing that they could do is coach, just eat that one and move on and say, Hey, I messed up. And so at least we'll roll out of it and go from here. But it was, it was brutal to watch. 100% agree. I, I couldn't have believed it. I didn't feel right taking that Broncos one. Cause I, I could feel the pain through multiple states coming from your guys' house after that decision. I just, there were, there were no words, especially after Gino was at least matching, if not outplaying at some point, Russ and Mm -hmm. just, you know, how bad Russell wanted that game. So like to not give him the chance to that, like it was set up for an ESPN storyline to let him drive down and win it. And it's just brutal. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. So Hackett, welcome to the NFL. That was (laughs) terrible. Please please do better. But yes. yeah. And we're on East coast time. So it was like 1130 out here and we just were like, 
now we just wasted our entire night and now I'm tired. Yeah. And angry and upset. I'm going <laughs> and, and angry. Bye. It was tough. But what can you do? On to the next one. I think they'll be fine. They moved the ball fine. And yeah. I, th- I think they'll be fine. Two turnovers at the goal line. They, I was going to say, won't have, a they won't have those type of issues going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, enough negative stuff. We'll try to bring you one of those every week just, <laughs> just to keep things light and call people mm-hmm. out, even though we don't know what we're doing. We're watching from the couch. But now that we're done with the, the NFL focus side, we're going to get in a little bit of fantasy stuff and we'll, we'll try to have some of these be quick hitters and things. But um, as far as the fantasy side overall, we just had our obviously draft a, a week ago almost a week ago from today, just before week one started. So um, draft season overall, obviously just wrapped up. Um, First off, I guess, how many leagues are you in this year? And then what kind of leagues and draft styles do you prefer overall? Ours is a standard team redraft league. Um, I've got a, I've got an auction league. I've got a keeper league. I've got uh, two dynasty leagues. And then uh, one, uh, super flex league that I play here with uh, some softball buddies here in South Carolina that I, that we just started this year. Um, and then uh, a guillotine league. So I've truly got like one of every type. And so I think that's a lot of fun. Um, favorite kind of hard to say. I like dynasty. I think it's fun just cause I'm such a football fan. I like the year round aspect of it. Um, but it's hard when you, when your team is terrible in dynasty, because it's very hard to, <laughs> to rebuild it and come back. Um, so I do like dynasty a lot. Um, otherwise, just as far as like a normal every year um, auction is hundred percent my favorite. Yep. I'm with you there. I, I got addicted to dynasty when we did our, I joined the one you guys were in a few years ago and uh, just I, a, the part that you're talking about with it being year round, but B for me, I just get very, very connected to the players and it's, you know, I, you get a chance to go and get the guys that you really like, but even if you didn't like the guys previously, just, you know, having people on your team year after year, they become some of your favorites. And I feel like I follow them a lot more and it's, it's a very different aspect. Whereas redraft, if my team sucks, I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. I hate all of you. You're gone next year anyway. So Dynasty is a lot of fun if you haven't tried it. It is a little bit more work, but I don't think it's as much as people think. So it's not as it comes off as a very daunting league. Um, and then, yeah, I echo what you said. I think auction is the best way to go. I would do that with every single league if I had the choice. I just think it allows people to um, get exactly who they want. And thank you for joining us after our commercial break. <clears throat> um, we will just continue where that left off. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put sponsor clips in um, every every pause at that point. Yeah, there we go. But at least we're, okay, then at we're least getting farther in between. Spo- yeah, we'll take we'll get like 46 sponsors. Go audio. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, besides that, besides the favorite draft types and league types, um, we won't get into like a super deep draft breakdown because obviously nobody cares what our teams are outside of our league. Right. But Overall, how'd you feel about how the draft went this year? I know you and I were picking from the 10 and 11 spots. So back to back basically, and just yeah. being towards the end of the round in general, how, how'd you feel? Um, I hate it. <laughs> Every fiber of my being. Yes. It's, it's so brutal to get to the end of round one, especially in our league. That's a, that's a standard league. And again, we don't go into too much detail, but just to be like, uh, great. I guess I can get a top receiver. Otherwise, if I want to take a running back just so I have one, then you're already at like running back nine. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Even ten in our in our case, we're always running back heavy in our league. 
and I I hated my draft from the get go. I was like, I'm gonna be somewhere like the six, seven, eight. Um, but I mean, I got Jamar Chase first, which obviously I can't hate all the way down at eleven. At eleven, but that's then, good. Yeah, but then I turned around and took Javante Williams, which it was incorrect. There were so many other players I should have taken there. I could have taken, um, probably should have taken DeAndre Swift, honestly, Fournette uh-huh. even. Saquon should have been my pick. I mean, obviously hindsight 2020, but I really did think Saquon was going to do well this year. Heck, I, I should have taken Aaron Jones over Javante Williams. I just think that's going to be so much more of a committee, but I fell into my quasi-Bronco fandom and <laughs> ruined my draft right away. It's not bad. I, I I did relatively okay, but playing just being at the end of the round is is tough. You feel like you do have to reach because you just have so long before picks get back to you. It's pretty much do it now, or if somebody's even remotely down the page, they're probably not getting back to you. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like that's part of my problem too. Is you you kind of fall into the trap of like, well, these are guys other guys at the top of my ADP board, so I'm supposed to take them. But it's like you got to try to break yourself of that at every round. Yeah. It seems like and just go exactly. People are going to judge if he's ten picks down and do the whole. Oh, I didn't even have him on my picks yet. But it's like it doesn't matter if I don't have if I have to wait twenty two picks before I choose again. So right, yeah, he was never I, making it back to me. I kind of found myself doing the same thing where like I came into the draft very structured of like. I have to take two running backs with the 10th and the 15th mm-hmm. picks. And then I have to take two receivers with my third and fourth round picks. Like it worked right. out where there were guys that I wanted at those spots that fit into those positions. So like my draft felt like it fell nicer to me than it has in past years where I felt like the last year, last couple of years, the guys that I wanted went like five picks before I expected them to go. So I got lucky, but it still feels weird. Like you said, where you're like, you're, you're drafting, weirdly at a reach whereas like i don't know if i would have compared my team what i have now versus if i would have just taken the best available each time like would it look better i don't know but i do like being in the middle because i feel like you're kind of getting value and you can you can ebb and flow depending on what everybody else does and be like oh well those guys are all gone all right i'm gonna start this this run or whatever so Mm -hmm. that's just my thing but again that's why i like i agree so um other than our drafts um don't know that if you have many of these i was trying to piece a few together usually i have some better bold predictions to start off the season but um i won't get into a ton of them unless you have any really like big big time ones that you want to call Um, your shots on you can start with yours i'll um i'll take a look i'm I'm trying to think through but you can start with with some of yours and i'll see if some come to mind yeah, I'll toss a few out just that I had over the last couple of days. More of mine are main, mainly on the my guys, which we'll get into in a second. But okay. really quickly, a few that I had were just um, – I have this every year just because I think it's too tough to repeat. But no player who finished at one number one in their position last year. So what, Josh Allen, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Devontae last year, depending on – I think scoring. it was – I think it was Devontae, but I don't, I don't remember for sure. And, I would have to look. And, and Mark Andrews at tight end. I don't think any of them will mm-hmm. repeat. If anything, if I had to be more bold than that, I would say none of them finish in like the top three. Just not that I sure. don't believe in any of those guys, but I just think that there's so many other good options at all of those positions this year. Like, I think it's just, it's not a given clear cut where, you know, I think there's a lot of guys returning that could threaten for that. Um, beyond that, I was trying to pick, and I can probably add a few more teams to this list, but 
Um, it's very, very uncommon for any team to not have a receiver that goes over 900 to a thousand yards. Usually, even if mm, you're sure. bad, you just have somebody get force fed. So I said this year, the Packers chiefs and Browns receivers, none of them are going to break a thousand. I could probably drop it even lower than that, but I just think Packers and Browns aren't going to have the weapons to get it done. And Packers more so with receivers, Browns more so with quarterback. And then the chiefs, I think are just going to spread the ball around so much. And if anything, Kelsey will get all the workload. So that's sure. my number two tossing out. My number three, this was prior to the Broncos game, but I was saying Melvin Gordon is going to be a better fantasy value than Javante Williams just because he's going to lead the team in touchdowns. And then number four, I hope I'm not wrong on this one after how week one looked, but I was saying DJ <laughs> Moore is going to finally figure out how to get into the end zone and be a wide receiver one this year. So sure. that's just a couple. Yeah. I mean, thinking through it and just people that I, I know I love and I, I know we're coming up to that as well, but some other ones that I know I didn't put on there. Um, I love Elijah Moore, whether with Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson. I just think he gets peppered with such targets. And don't get me wrong, I, I love Garrett. Um, Garrett Wilson too. But I just feel like he is so shifty in just how they use him and utilize him in so many different ways. And again, it might look different, but uh, got plenty. he'll get plenty of target share. I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a top 12, top 15-ish type mm-hmm. guy. I mean, I could see him being a wide receiver, wide receiver one, or, or low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. I, I I think he's I just think he's really good. Uh, I saw your note in here, and obviously after week one, don't feel great about it. But I'm I was hoping again the Javante Williams and Broncos fandom. I I was going to say Javante Williams is just going to take the reins and even out snap like seventy five twenty five to Melvin and just take over and get double digit touchdowns not feeling so great about that now but i definitely <laughs> thought that before the week started i like it i like it we'll uh, we'll try to do some more throughout i know we're kind of doing it last minute with week one already starting but we'll have some more maybe after a couple of weeks of the season go um continuing on the prediction side i won't get into super deep analysis with any of these but i do like to toss out the my guys every year and this year i'm adding in the why guys which for me is just because i had a handful of guys that i was talking about all off season to different people of just where I was like, I don't get it. I'm not drafting them. I don't mm-hmm. see why they're going to have all the hype. So my guys versus why guys, I picked one at each position and I will toss out mine um, really quick. And then you can run through yours and sure. we'll just kind of leave it as is. Cause I'm sure I'll talk about them more as the season goes, but for quarterback, I have been all in on Trey Lance all year. I know he looked rough week one, but they were also playing in a monsoon. And I think that it's going to take him a few weeks to get his feet wet, but I think he will, figure it out by maybe like week four or five or so. And I think he's going to be a great value. I got him at, in the 10th round in our league. And I mean, mm-hmm. he's rushing alone as the potential to be a QB one. My Y guy for quarterback, I had it's Joe Burrow. I was saying all yeah. off season, he was like ADP of like QB six or something like that. And I'm like, he doesn't That's run. Crazy. He's not one of the elite passers. He's, he's good. He's got weapons, but I just think it was all in the back of his couple of QB one finishes last year. So I was out on that. Running backs, I had Chase Edmonds as my my guy, um, just because you could get him so late, and I think he's going to get the majority of the workload in Miami, and if he stays healthy, is a runner and a, and a receiver. Why, guys, um, I kind of had his Najee. I ended up with him in more leagues than I expected to, but I just think that it's going to be tough with that Steelers offense, and I think mm-hmm. they've got some some weapons to move it around on. Receiver, uh, Michael Pittman's been my number one my guy of any position. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with him, and I think he's going to be amazing. Yeah, he's just oh, breakout wide receiver year three coming. 
And then why guys, I didn't have a ton because I feel like a lot of the top options were top for a reason. So I kind of went a little mm-hmm. bit farther down, but as far as kind of more like the mid tier, I'm not as in on the Rashad Bateman breakout as a lot of people are thinking. I think he'll be fine mm-hmm. just as a product of the number one, but you saw it week one with Devin Duvernay. And then I think Andrew's going to take more of the volume when Dobbins comes back, he's going to, you know, have some work too. And that's not even talking about Lamar being a ball hog himself. So I just don't think Bateman's going to be good enough where Hollywood was too much of a boomer bust last year and barely finished as a mm-hmm. wide receiver too. I don't think Bateman is even as good as that. So I'm out there and then tight end I had as David Njoku um, didn't do great week one, but I'm hoping that Jacoby figures it out a bit more. Um, this was more on the, the plan that Deshaun wasn't suspended as long as he was, but I think they paid him a lot of money. He's very athletic. I like him as like a late sleeper, or if he's still on your waiver wires as a guy, if you didn't get one of the top options, and then the Y guys for tight end is kind of anybody in that like second or third group of tight ends. I'm not yeah. big on the Hawkinson Goddard group. I think you either got to get an elite guy or you just say, screw it. And you get a late option. So that's my long story mm-hmm. short of my, my picks. No, I like it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I was really pissed off when you took Chase Edmonds, literally one pick before <laughs> me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm actually really with you on Najee. I, I, his, well as he did last year i just know he's coming into it banged up that offensive line is banged up you got a new quarterback you got plenty of weapons on the offense so i would not be surprised for him to near not finish top 12 and oh yeah uh, yeah so i mean for what his adp was going what mid first round there i i just don't see a way with that offense in which he returns that value at all yeah, I was very happy someone took him before my pick at 10 because I felt like he was going to be the guy where I'm like, I'm supposed to take him and yeah, I need I a running to. back. But I do have him in Dynasty, so it doesn't make me feel great. But I think his long-term <laughs> prospects are yeah. better, whereas this year is just not going to be it. So. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Um, running through my quick, um, for QB, my guy would, had been, I mean, Derek Carr. I mean, he was getting drafted as like 13th or 14th. QB or mm-hmm. something like that, which I know there's a lot of QBs and that can be good very easily just based on like the rushing prowess. And obviously the Josh Allen, just Mahomes, Herbert, like you can just name seven off the top of your head to get through a top 10. But again, um, Derek Carr at like 15th or something just felt insane to me that people like Rodgers were ahead of him with such a change and Dak Prescott. I really, really, that would be my, that would be my why guys for me is, is Dak Prescott. Um, Oh, sure. It's hurt. I see. Yeah. I know, but but truly, I mean, I have him in Dynasty, and if, for anybody that knows me or was in that league, I've literally been trying to trade him since I drafted him. <laughs> I don't know why I did it, but I've been trying to get rid of him for friggin' three years now. I, I don't understand why I did it, but it, I just don't know that he's good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Derek Carr just getting Devontae, I think it's going to be such a high-volume passing attack because their rushing attack is horrendous. Josh Jacobs is no longer good. I don't think he was really good at all anyway. And your other option is what a rookie and Zamir White, I guess. I mean, and not since they got rid of Kenyon Drake. Um, So I just think volume wise, you you can do a whole lot worse than Derek Carr at the tail end of your draft, honestly. Like it. Um, Yeah. As far as, uh, as far as running back, um, didn't look great, obviously after week one, but I'm still going to bang the drum for Tony Pollard all year. I Zeke is great and he's great for what he needs to do. But even just looking at the stats from last night, um, Zeke only outsnapped Pollard by two snaps last night. 
granted the whole offense was brutal but like to me that's so incredibly telling and for those that don't know he's a converted wide receiver from college so he played wide receiver in college so his hands are great obviously if he was a college wide receiver um so they're just going to be so creative in how they can get him involved um i i think i mean he's got a chance to be not necessarily on par with zeke because Zeke's going to get the goal line work and touchdowns and whatnot but if you just went if you took touchdowns out of it, which again, granted fantasy, we don't do that, but Pollard just stat for stat wise, I, I would not be surprised between rushing and receiving. If you combine those for him to be on part with Z this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, Najee was, was, was fine as far as running back. Cause I don't really understand um, my wide receiver, Christian Kirk. Uh, I'm kind of the old adage that Ooh. they say in the fantasy football world is follow the money. I, I just think he was, he didn't really have the opportunity. And I mean, honestly, I don't think Kyler Murray's all that great anyway. So I, I love Christian Kirk. I, I, yeah. Um, I love Christian Kirk coming out of college. I drafted him in every dynasty league I could um, when he was even on the Cardinals. Um, and so now that he's with the Jags, I mean, he got paid and it was evident that he's one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. So I, I'm liking that call. Um, I think he could have, he could have a massive year for sure. I mean, he was being drafted as wide receiver, like, 32 to 35 or somewhere in that range and i i easily see him returning a wide receiver to kind of top 24 value for sure tight end um my guy was cool commit and that uh, not a great start yeah. uh, but again somewhere outside that top kind of 10 to 12 individuals i think he was like 10 directors like tight end 13 i'm kind of with you if you don't get a top option it doesn't really matter, but I figured anybody in that tail end of range commit should just be one of the top options in the passing game. It's really Mooney and commit. I mean, everybody else is relatively useless on the Bears, just the Bears <laughs> in general. Uh, so I just think after week one, I mean, he only had one target, but if you saw the game, the conditions were completely yeah. brutal to try to play a football game in. So I think kind of one week outlier, I think he'll be, I think he'll just be fine. I can see him being a top eight to tie, 10 tight end when he's being drafted as tight end like 14 to 15. And just the fact that it was probably an outlier because the Bears were actually winning a game. So I feel like <laughs> also, in the future, also they'll, true. Also they'll true. have to Unex- throw. Unexpected. So, I mean, yeah, so I like that too. He was one of my other ones. I just, I feel like I've been so much higher on Najoku than most people. So I was like, ah, I can't pick Komet over when him sitting there. But I like Komet sure. a lot too. I think he'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, going to our next little segment. Uh, it's one of the favorites from the last couple of years. We have Swimming Upstream, which... Quick little recap for those of you that don't know. Essentially, what we like to do is we try to pick um, a quarterback each week that, for those of you, depending on your league size, it's probably going to be fluctuating a little bit. Maybe people love quarterbacks or maybe you've got a ton on the waivers. But we try to pick somebody that's rostered in less than 50% of ESPN leagues, and we just love their matchup that week. So we're picking them to to do good things. Um, I've done this the last two years. Walter's kind of dabbled in it a little bit too. But basically, I track it week to week and see how our – um, overall point average ends up throughout the year. So it's essentially arguing, hey, you know what? If you just didn't draft a quarterback and you use that as extra spots for like flyers on running backs, receivers and stuff like that, and you just played the waiver wire every single week, picking up and dropping guys with no connection, how would you do? Um, two years ago, the first year I did it, I think my average ended up being, including a bye week, I think I ended up as like QB3 or QB4 on the year. So it was just crazy lucky. I think last year I was more like QB9 or 10, but still – QB top serviceable. Yeah. Two years you're, you're getting a QB one season out of people that other guys didn't want. And so, you know, you're just, you're just playing who's a good defense that week. Hey, who's out, who, who do I have as, as weapons? So 
we're going to continue that. Um, if anybody else wants to join in, we can definitely take your weekly average and see if you can compete. Um, I think what we're going to do is with Tyler playing two, we'll just alternate. So like I technically got the first pick this week and got Jameis. He ended up with his guy. I'll let him talk about in a second, but next week we'll let you pick first and then I'll go from there and we'll just kind of go back and forth. So week one, as I mentioned, I had Jameis um, with the Saints starting out. He went out and put up 21.7. So he actually had a pretty good, pretty good week. That's, that's mm. solid. I don't have the numbers for what place he finished, but he was definitely a top 10 QB. So super exciting. Yeah. And uh, I took, uh, I, I took Matty Ice. Yeah. And Jameis would have been my pick as well. Um, but uh, I, I, I went with the, with Matty Ice. It was an interesting game back and forth, and he finished with, uh, what, 15.3 or something like that. So, um, I mean, I think he finished – so that puts him at, like, I think 19 as far as uh, as far as position goes. So certainly certainly not great. It was kind of – like I said, it was just kind of an ugly game. Honestly, he just really didn't get the touchdowns. I mean, he threw for 350 yards, 350 yards and a touchdown. Um, but he just also threw a pick, and then the rest of the scores were, were on the ground. Um, obviously Jonathan Taylor. And so I'm surprised they only put up 20 points against the Texans. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a better matchup than that, but I mean, Hey, from a streaming quarterback, again, don't want him to get be ranked yeah. 19th, but you'll take 350 yards and a touchdown. You just hope instead of a rushing touchdown, that turns into a second touchdown. And all of a sudden he's got 19, 20 points and you're feeling just fine. So yep. don't hate the pick, but certainly wasn't as good as Jameis. Yeah, God forbid you're not you're hopefully not streaming a quarterback week one, but hypothetically if you were, <laughs> right. 15, fifteen points isn't enough for you to lose your week on. Like you can survive right. as long as the rest of your team's good. So yeah. um like I mentioned, we will we will update you with our picks coming for the next week. I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm gonna just do it offline. We'll enter it in and maybe I'll post a, a tweet or a oh, yeah. quick video about it. But uh, yeah, I looked at I looked at it a little bit and uh, I guess technically if I get to go first, uh, yeah. Mine mine's certainly gonna be Carson Wentz. I mean he mm-hmm. he lit it up this last week and I think he I mean what did he finish as? QB three, I believe it was three hundred and thirteen yeah. yards, four touchdowns. He did throw two picks. I mean again it was it was Jacksonville, uh, but now he gets Detroit. And again, he's rostered in 16% of leagues, 17% of ESPN leagues, uh, essentially went near guaranteed undraftable and put up 27 and a half, 28 points three last week. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised for him to get upper, upper teens, low twenties again this week and finish in that 18 to 21 range. And maybe if some of the rushing prowess comes out and ironically enough, I would not be surprised, even though it's, commanders and the lions everyone's going to say like oh gross it's just going to be a, a rock fight i see shootout potential i could see detroit loves to put up points i don't know how they do it but they have weapons on offense their defense is trash but they know how to score points i mean obviously you saw this eagle games what was it 38 35 detroit knows how to score points and i would not be surprised to see once hang with them as well and to see like a, a another kind of 35 27 type game yeah, I'm with you. I think both defenses are bad enough that it's 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 definitely possible. You could see like a 60 plus point, for sure, total scoring game. So I like it. I will uh, I will take Carson off my board and I will announce mine <laughs> shortly so we can Lovely. compete again. Um, just briefly, we'll we'll kind of get into a couple of these segments more like next episode A for just time's sake and B when we have some more content to cover. But we will we will set aside a section for any um, fan interaction stuff. So whether you have a toss a comment on YouTube or discord debating question or a hot take or say, wow, that was a terrible 
opinion one of you two said, blah, blah, blah. We will discuss it. We will answer all of those um, in this fantasy section. And then next week, I'll have a few of these more too, but we're going to do kind of a basically a, a studs and duds as far as takes go. And I'm just going to throw some rapid fire opinions and takes at Tyler and basically just give him no time to think about it and see what he thinks, whether it's a, a, a take that he believes is legit or if it's an overreaction, kind of like a early season panic mode. Ah, that's ridiculous. They'll be fine kind of thing. So we will bring some of those just once we have a little bit more time and get some of the kinks ironed out. But uh, moving into kind of our last main section, we're going to dive into a little bit of the, the home league here. I don't know that I'm going to um, have us break down each matchup now, again, just for time's sake, but I'm just going to run through mm-hmm. the scores really quick if that's cool with you. That works. All right, perfect. So shouting out just for the undefeated club here. So we got to announce some people. Uh, Josh took down Jordan 117.3 to 89.7 with the high score of the week. Ryan versus Ben was an ugly, ugly fight, 74.9 to 68.4. But Ryan, you got to win. So that's all that matters. Jay takes down Cassie 88.1 to 78.8. Hopefully Cassie does not repeat as the the last place punishment this year. We are waiting (laughs) to see those combine drills shortly, Cassie. Uh, Foster, last year's champ, continues on his streak, 87.9 to 81.0 versus Al. It wasn't pretty, but he got the job done. Uh, Barn burner of the week, uh, myself, uh, took down Katie, 87.3 to 85.6, and it literally came down to the last drive of uh, the Broncos choosing to kick and uh, waste their time, so thank God. And then Walters with uh, probably the matchup of the week on both ends with 110.9 to Tyler's 102.7, so... Tyler, one of only three teams to score above 100, but does not get the win. Bad luck, while everybody else had pretty underwhelming weeks. That leaves us with Josh, Ryan, Jay, Foster, myself, and Walters. Technically in the undefeated club, I'm sure a lot of those are going to drop very, very quickly based on week one's indication. Yeah, um, super fun to always yeah. put up, have to put up the, the hunter burger and lose. <laughs> and uh, just, for, just for fun, um, so I'm in six leagues, so notwithstanding the the gilly league um so the other five leagues that are not individual weeks I, I survived in the gilly legitimately went 0 and five and like it's, it's very hard to do but mm-hmm. i literally i scored the second highest in one the third highest obviously in this one a couple a couple duds in the other ones but oh. i was like okay that's that's a good start let's let's get these out of the way i literally I won- 0 and five I won in a handful of mine, but I think in the four that I lost, three of the four, I was the highest scoring loser and I was the top three score. So same oh. kind of thing where I'm just like, yeah. I hate this so much because now next week I'm going to be bad <laughs> and I'm going to also lose. I'm like, couldn't yeah. I just gotten a win when I did well? So Love it. Yeah. Um, same thing here. We won't do a ton of it. I'll probably have us maybe post a little video or something coming up of waivers, but um, with a lot of people's waivers scheduled to go through either tomorrow morning or Thursday morning, each week we will cover um, our add and drop it like it's hot segment. So discussing who the big dollar spenders were for our league that does fab bidding, just like every single league should. Um, We'll discuss if people were overpaid or underpaid or maybe some best values. And then we'll talk about kind of who our upcoming targets are for the week. Obviously, Tyler and I play in the same league, so I'm not going to be like, hey, I put $12 on this guy. What'd you put? <laughs> but we can give you guys a range. So, like, for example, without yeah. getting into a ton of them, Jeff Wilson is probably going to be the big pickup this week, having Elijah Mitchell go out for two months. So mm-hmm. if you're in desperate need of a running back or if you're the Elijah Mitchell owner, you're probably going to be dropping a good chunk of it. So not, I don't have analysis numbers in front of me, but, I mean, if you're putting 25 to 30% of your budget, I don't think that's crazy. I'm sure somebody in your league is going to go higher than that and just go over the top. but 
every yeah. year I feel like I regret that I didn't spend more in the beginning and I end up having like $22 that are useless by the end. So yeah. not to say that Jeff Wilson is going to be a league winner or anything, but I mean, he is the favorite to be the lead back in San Francisco and it's, it's worth an ad. So stuff like yeah, that. No question. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in that offense is going to, is going to blow up and become kind of a bell cow. And I would not be surprised with Jeff, Jeff Wilson coming back and having that familiarity compared to like essentially a rookie and, and, uh, um, he's going to be the best bet. I mean, other ones just quick off the top of my head that I'm thinking again, time's sake, I won't go too into it. I think we said mm. Carson Wentz if you're looking for a streamer yep. at uh, a QB um, running back. If for whatever reason, not nah, I won't not Daryl Henderson necessarily. I'm, although I'm surprised he's a, he's owned in less than 50 percent of leagues. That's insane to me. That's surprising. Uh, yeah, Clue um, Herbert looked really good. Obviously, wacky game potentially. I've never really thought David Montgomery is that good of a running back. But Herbert seems to be just more involved this year, um, if more so in a standard league. But obviously Jamal Williams in Detroit is just going to have a yeah. have all of the goal line. They just don't trust DeAndre at the goal line. Um, so I think Jamal get plenty of touchdowns this year. Um, so he could be somebody in more so a standard league, and then kind of Jeff Wilson. Wide receiver wise, nothing crazy. I mean Robbie Anderson had the one big play, but I don't know that you can count on that consistently. Yeah. Curtis Samuel had a great first half. With the, he just started off really quick, but I don't know. But other than that, it wasn't anything spectacular from wide receiver range. Yeah, fair enough. It's kind of it's kind of throwing darts at a board. If you really need a wide receiver by this point, then you might not have. Yeah, exactly. Drafted super hot, but uh, they're they're kind of tough to plan out. So the only mm-hmm. the only notable one that I would say is I can't believe you forgot my boy, sexy Rex Burkhead. Oh, taking yeah, taking all even, the touches away from Damian Pierce. All, all, all of them didn't didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, did this thing where I avoided the Texans' backfield, so that's probably a good plan too. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if you're in need of a pickup or like what I yeah, like that's to do interesting. In most of my, I didn't think about that one. I like to do in most of my redrafts where I take a couple of flyers on like my last two picks, where basically I talk about it as guys that you are completely comfortable with cutting after week one. Like, yeah, for example, spoiler alert: I am cutting Tyler Algiers from the Falcons <laughs> once our waivers run good. through. I picked him up in good the last idea. round because it was like, hey, you know what? Who knows? A lot of people are down in Cordero. If he does get any kind of a workload, it's great. But being a healthy scratch, I'm like, cool. I'd rather, you know, pick up somebody that I do need at this point. So it's nice having that versus drafting those, like the Jarvis Landry's of the world in the last round that are just like, okay, well, I mean, like he's startable, I guess, but he's going to get you that four to five. Like I go for upside guys that I can just toss in the waste bin if I need to. So we'll cover more of that, you know, week to week as there's a little bit more waiver wire action. Um, And then the last segments other than talking about like injuries which we've pretty much covered throughout we'll we'll bring you injuries week to week as there's big ones happening but the last big segment um that we're kind of adding this year and this was a credit to tyler just because he's a lot more knowledgeable when it comes to this category of sports but we're going to be adding a betting corner at the end of every episode where basically it's going to be just like a couple minute segment for tyler to, to take out one piece um which is going to be more on like the sports betting and like different game lines that he really likes. And then me to talk about more of a DFS um, daily fantasy league for those of you that play in that. So if you have anything for your points, Tyler, go for it. I do. We'll come up with a fun name for it uh, yeah. for sure. But uh, we, all of us, for anybody that actually listens to this, um, it's kind of a, in the sports betting world called DGENs. So it would be kind of a DGEN corner for everybody, just sports betting, DFS, anything gambling related. Most of us are, are pretty much all in. So we'll, we'll get a nice DGEN corner. I'll give you guys some, some lines, some against the spread, 
I'm not I'm not big on the over unders. It's hard for the NFL, so I stick yeah. mostly to spreads. And some of the just kind of jumped out at me. And I usually look at the lines. I do some I do a good amount of sports betting every week. Um, so take up some lines that I think don't really make sense. And um, if you want them, bet them. And if you don't want to, fade me. See what happens. <laughs> uh, should be fun. Um, but right away, <laughs> the one that really jumped out to me, it just seemed ridiculous and and i thought it was crazy when it came out and oddly enough it's actually went the other way um the bucks saints line so the bucks i mean they didn't obviously they stalled a few times a lot of times as they got down to the red zone but they moved the ball really well but they opened as only minus three against the saints Ooh, i thought that was super interesting interesting. oddly enough I, i there's one spot um that you can get it at minus two and a half. So obviously three is a big number in football. Um, so for those that don't know or don't do much sports betting, minus three would mean if the Buccaneers win by four or more, you would win your bet. If they win by three, you would push and get your money back. If if they won by two, one or lost the game, then you would lose the bet. Um, but I just, minus three seems like a ridiculous line for a Buccaneers defense against the Saints who didn't look great against the Falcons one and the Bucks are again just a different level of a defense than mm-hmm. the Falcons so for I know that I get the Saints are at home but for them to only be getting three points and the Bucks to only lay three three I definitely already bet that one I like it uh, another one I saw that was was really interesting um, was honestly the Rams um, so they opened I think they opened at like minus 13. That felt like a whole lot of points. That's been bet down to wow. 10. Um, but I felt like 10 was too far. Like, I feel, again, I talked about it earlier, but I feel like the Rams are just going to absolutely come out and slaughter the Falcons. They're going to be so much more prepared, for lack of a better word, for the Falcons and just come up with so much fire and, again, playing at home. Um, and the Falcons traveling all the way across country from Georgia all the way to L.A. That's a that's a yeah. big time difference from week one to week two, where after week one, you're already exhausted. So I'll take taking all that into consideration. I've already bet the Rams minus 10 as well. So those are two of the biggest ones that jumped out to me right away. Um, and then looking at just some of the other ones, just quick look. Um, Vikings Eagles trying trying to not be a homer. Granted, the, the both the Vikings and the Eagles looks really good plus two and a half. Um, I might play what they call a teaser. So if you pick two teams, you can you can kind of tease them and get essentially like one-to-one odds or maybe a little bit worse, and you get kind of an additional six points. So right now, say the line is plus two and a half to the Vikings. You could say pick them at plus two and a half, and we'll say the – if I'm looking here, we'll – for – sake of argument if I'm looking at like the Jaguars against the Colts at plus four or something like that you could pick those two at plus four and plus two and a half and then tease it mm. six points and so you get an additional six points so it puts it up to plus ten and then plus eight and a half or whatever that is for the Vikings because I just think okay. there's there's no way that the Vikings don't cover by at least a touchdown like there's no way they lose by seven or more to the Eagles right um, even at that so I can put more of a breakdown as as we go a little bit further on, be a little bit more prepared. But two biggest yeah. ones that I saw right away is Bucks minus three over the Saints. It's kind of a weird line, so I'm sure the sports books know something that I don't. Um, 
and then uh, and then the other one just being Rams. If it's going to be minus ten, I just think the Falcons are just not in the same level, not in the same stratosphere. They like to blitz a lot more, and oddly enough, Stafford is like the third best against the blitz. Yeah, and that's how the Bills won. Is they, I think I saw the stat they they only blitz Stafford like two times the entire game. They just sat back and let their front four get after it, and so Stafford couldn't find any room to throw the ball. And the Falcons do the opposite. They blitz all the time. So I think Stafford's just going to pick them apart. So those would be my two bests. Would be Falcon or would be Bucks minus three against the Saints. And then um, Rams minus 10 against the Falcons. I like it. Moving over to the, the DFS side of things, I'll, I'll try to do the same where we'll both have a few more for you guys week to week and everything. I basically just picked my top three targets as I was filling out uh, my DFS league that I am in. Uh, one, we talked about a little bit earlier, but Jeff Wilson's still valued at uh, 6,300 on FanDuel, which I think is going to continue to go up throughout the week or more like as they reevaluate it based on um, Elijah Mitchell being out. But it's kind of a dart throw where you're playing to win. You're not really playing to take the middle of the pack. So I think if he gets the majority of the workload, I think they will, they will move the ball a lot. And he has proven that games that he's gotten the starts before that he's done really well so if you're doing like kind of saving some money at one of your running back spots that's the move there Two, kind of going off of what Tyler was just talking about with the Rams bouncing back I don't think Allen Robinson is going to be a flop and I know a ton of people are running around with their hair on fire basically just panicking what happened but there were a lot of uh, tweets and like clips released showing on different routes that he was really crisp and really clean and open on several plays but the Stafford just didn't have the time to get him the ball um, there was one um, verified tweet. I'll retweet it, but uh, they were talking about a couple of clips in, in particular where he just made a, a Bill's corner look very, very silly and didn't get the target. But uh, the, the guy was like, so Allen Robinson's really going to come out and just be the wide receiver one overall next week, isn't he? So <laughs> regardless of what you think of whether it's going to happen or not, the Falcons defense can't stop a whole lot. Their secondary is not great. And especially this fact, I wasn't necessarily like all in on him before I saw the number, but he's valued at 5,300, which is very, very low for a receiver. Usually like 5,000 and below is kind of where it cuts off to people that aren't even playing. So if you're kind of trying to like, if you went on some like higher end people and you're going for the stars and you're like a little bit short on money trying to save, he's a solid like wide receiver three or flex play to add in and um, kind of fit under the cap. And then lastly, I'm going to keep banging the drum for him, but Trey Lance, after you get off the top, handful of quarterbacks that I try every week just because they're so expensive that you they have to have an explosive week to even like break even mm -hmm. value wise so I try to go more of like the six through 12 valued so to speak um, I think if Trey Lance does Trey Lance is going to either boom or bust based on his rushing workload but they're not playing in a monsoon this week and they're playing against Seattle whose defense is also terrible I know Russell um, didn't look like overall the game didn't look impressive for the Broncos, but as we talked about before, they got to the red zone several times and turned the ball over. Yeah. So it could have been a bigger blowout. I think most teams will be able to move the ball against Seattle. And I think Seattle was very hyped up for this game against Denver. So I could see like a letdown coming. And if San Francisco's up early, I think they can just keep running the ball and moving it pretty easily. So 7,500 for Trey Lance, mm -hmm. I think, unless you're in love with one of the top options, just his rushing upside is going to be a favorite of mine in, uh, in DFS leagues every year, just be, or every week, just because he can have that explosive one that some elite pocket passers can't. So those are my three. I'll try to do one of each position each week. And we're going to go for more of the 
lower budget um, players because obviously I don't need to tell you that if you want to spend for Jonathan Taylor, it's great, but it costs a lot. <laughs> so I'm trying to help you out when you when you buy your stars, the scrub, scrubs that you can toss in. So more to come on that, but yeah, we'll each kind of do like a two minute thing week to week on different pieces of fantasy because some people don't like just playing the regular standard leagues and some people are doing a lot more other stuff out there. So that's that. Um, and then another one kind of teaser for next week, but one segment that I've wanted to do forever, and I tossed this out to Walters last year, but we just couldn't fit it in for time's sake, but we're going to give it a shot once we clean some other things up is, uh, uh, again, workshopping the name, but we're coming up with a basically a draft week to week that is on some random topic, not necessarily sports related, and it can just be one where Tyler and I go back and forth and do three or four rounds of a category, like say, I know um, the 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 land podcast is doing their thing where they um pick something like it's like say it's your top pokemon week to week and like dave will pick one and then al will pick one back and forth and then see how their teams end up we can have listeners vote on those we can have listeners call in with a voicemail and say what their top choices would be whatever see if they can beat ours but uh gonna toss that out see if it works and uh, if people like it we'll keep it going if not we'll kick it right out but next week and we'll have time to plan for this one and do it on on air so come prepared with more than one in case we steal each other's options but next week's going to be uh stereotypes of people at the gym that's the one that i found <laughs> and we're going to go with and just kind of make it fun right. and make it your own so yeah that's that's uh I like something it. else to bring a little bit of fun and wrap up the draft each week and we're not going to spend time analyzing our teams and talking about how great this or that pick is but it'll just be a way to get some fan interaction and some fun stuff. So more to come on that one, but uh, that's, that's overall going to do it. Um, again, we will, uh, we will clean some stuff up guys week to week and hopefully you get a chance to listen to this one with all of our commercial breaks and I can find a way to put everything together. But uh, first one overall training wheels are off. We, we survived. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it wasn't too bad. Tyler, I know, I know the whole goal was to make it shorter and we didn't do that even a little bit, but again, I know there's, <laughs> like we said, a lot of things that, just kind of cover in the first week and intros and draft recap that we, that we won't do consistently. So that's the first time I've yep. ever been a co-host. Didn't really do anything. Jack did all of this work. So I'm just here. I'm just here to ride <laughs> coattails and I'm, and I'm just okay with that. Sit here and look uh, pretty. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely don't do that, uh, but it'll, <laughs> it'll get cleaner and we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it closer. Probably 45 minutes. We, we said, we're yeah. like, we can do it in a half hour. We, well, we can't do it. In That's not happening. So, so I'm good. I said if I'm good with like 45 minutes to an hour. Gives you yep. something to listen to on a commute to work, and we'll make it nice and clean. Exactly. Love it. Again, wrapping up, guys. Go join the Discord if you haven't. We'll start getting a little bit more active in there and tossing links to the shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Go follow us on YouTube. I'm going to see if there's a way I can toss up the audio recording on there. So if you prefer to listen on YouTube for whatever reason or you're subscribed, you'll at least get the notification. Again, we're on Anchor. Leave us a voice message. I'll put the description down in the links below. Um, I'll get this up on Spotify eventually whenever I my non-tech savvy self can figure it out. <laughs> Socials, reach out to us. Whatever is easiest for you and let us know what you want to hear. Otherwise, we'll keep it coming back week to week with some more Victorious POD stuff. Good luck in awesome. week two, everybody. Bad luck to whoever I'm playing this week. I haven't looked. Tyler, thanks for joining and keeping the, sure. the show afloat. I'm pumped for the season. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Jack. It was uh, it was fun as always, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys again next week. Cue intro music, outro music that I do not have. Good night, everybody.
Thank you.